This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we tend to keep things bottled up, we throw them under the rug, and we just keep forgetting about it, pushing it away, ignoring it until it just gets in our face. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to take those things that you've been putting away, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. I personally used to always bottle things up and ignore them and tell myself I was okay, and I got really tired of doing that until I started to go to therapy regularly. Therapy is a place where you can gain positive coping skills, learn how to set boundaries, empower yourself to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who have have experienced major trauma. I personally haven't experienced major trauma and I'm an active user of therapy. Therapy has honestly changed my life and if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're capable and able to switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Alana to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Alana. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode of Morning Ray. I'm always talking about how it is possible to change your life by just focusing on getting 1% better every day, how the little things really do add up, and that can be as small as integrating a new supplement into your day-to-day routine like Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. It helps benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I personally have loved integrating Seed into my day-to-day routine. My digestion has never been better. I feel so much better and I truly notice a difference when I'm not taking it. When I take it consistently, I feel so much better. My digestion is better and I've never really experienced something like this from a probiotic. So that's why I continually go back to seed and notice a difference when I stop taking it. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash Alana and use code 25ALANA to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash Alana, code 25ALANA. Thank you, Seed, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lan Orlana, 
And on today's episode, we have Carrie Dorr, the founder of Pure Bar. I'm so honored to have had the opportunity to speak with her. We discuss everything on how and why she started Pure Bar, the founding story of it, Pilates, all the hype around Pilates, her wellness rituals, her morning routine, everything about the connection between mental and physical strength, and just the overall fitness industry. We talk about everything and anything. Wellness, which you know I love, so let me just bring Carrie on. We're going to skip our opening segments today. I hope you enjoy it and I'm really excited also for next week. We'll do another solo up. I think it's something you're definitely going to want to hear. So stay tuned for that. But here is Carrie. So I always love to start off my episodes by asking my guests three questions, which are who are you, where are you from, and what is your zodiac sign? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Carrie Dorr, and I'm originally from Michigan, Plymouth, Michigan. And my zodiac sign, uh, I'm a Leo. Oh, I'm also a Leo. When's your birthday? July 29th. When's your birthday? August 6th. Wow, we're close. Yes. (laughs) It's a great sign. Yes, I love being a Leo. I think it's always – well, that's why you have a lion browser. We were just (laughs) – See? It's all coming together now. Yes. Carrie had to download some like new browser to record this episode and it had a lion and it's it's fitting. That's right. (laughs) I was actually thinking that. (laughs) Okay. So I always, there's a pure bar right by me and I always walk by it and I always see it. I always hear so much about it. So I want to know your backstory with regards to pure bar. I feel like founder stories are always so interesting. Mm -hmm. So how and why did you start pure bar? Well, um, I had been a professional dancer for seven years through college and law school. And while I was doing that, I was also teaching a ton of group fitness And then when I got out of law school, I started practicing law and found that I really enjoyed still teaching, you know, group fitness at 5 a.m., at noon, at 6.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. on the weekends. And so I saved up my money and paid off my loans and opened my first studio. And that was in Michigan Mm -hmm. in 2001. And at the time, it was really just, it was called, the first name was called the Pilates Institute of Birmingham, Birmingham, Mm -hmm. Michigan. And uh, it was was not my best attempt at branding or logo. (laughs) I was, you know, in my 20s and had no idea. But I was just super passionate about bringing this different way of working out to women, Mm -hmm. um, teaching in all the big, I loved teaching in the big boxes and the, you know, college campuses and apartment buildings. I used Mm -hmm. to go with my little pink jam box and teach in the apartment like rec rooms. And I loved it. But I also found that, you know, like in the big box stuff that we were teaching, it wasn't necessarily the most effective programming. And they weren't really able to spend time teaching teachers how to teach. Mm -hmm. And so I opened my first studio, 600 square feet, and I had four reformers, one trap table, 10 mats for Pilates floor work and a little ballet bar that held about six people. So the original studio taught it all. I taught private Pilates. I taught group reformer. And I then I would roll. I'd push all the reformers out of the way and teach mat Pilates and bar. And that that's really how it started. What would you say back then was your favorite to teach? Like reformer, mat, bar? Well, I love teaching it all, right? And they all yeah. have their kind of, you know, their superstar powers. And um, I think the commonality is that I enjoy teaching groups, like that energy. Mm-hmm. When I had 
been in um, college and law school, like I mentioned, that professional company I toured with and choreographed for, I mean, it was really all large venue events. So parades and bowl games, and there's just so much energy created by group movement. And so for me, it didn't, it didn't necessarily mean like, which one was it modality wise, Mm -hmm. it was just the power of the group, like group coming together, you know, with common interest and moving together that really, that, you know, that still to this day is, is kind of my jam. Yeah. I honestly, I love training in a group setting and I think it's because I grew up being a dancer and always learning that way and working as a team and being in that environment. I feel like, yes, I can work out alone and I can do my Pilates practice on my own or my weights or whatever it may be, but there's something just like so motivating and communal about being in a group setting and being with other individuals who are showing up for the same practice. Um, So that's honestly amazing to hear that you love that so much as well. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of science behind it and there's a great, there's a great piece written. I don't know what year in scientific American and it talks about it. You know, scientific American is, is just quite awesome. And all the pieces are really long. So if you're interested in spending some time doing it, reading it, I can share the link, but they talk about that and they really cite more like if you think about rowing, like crew teams, that Mm -hmm. synchronicity of that moving. And so perhaps, you know, not in bar Pilates, we're not as in sync as a rowing team, Mm -hmm. but it's that same concept of like, you know, everyone's moving together somewhat in unison and it creates this energy that's, you know, this intangible energy that's extremely impactful. Yeah. It's also like, I don't know. I think it's the dancer in me. It's so beautiful seeing everyone move pretty much like if everyone knows what they're doing, like at the same time, like say we're at bar and we're like all going into a plie or releve, like all doing that together. It's like a dance almost. Yeah. I also think it's just human nature to work a little harder when you're in a group of people than you are Mm -hmm. on your own. Even for those of us who are just natural diehards when it comes to working out, I, you know, I think the at-home movement has been wonderful and it provides so much as far as consistency and accessibility and the programming's gotten way better at home than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have a little studio here that I opened up in January and all these women coming in, you know, had been working out at home through COVID and they're like, oh, wow. (laughs) I, what I was doing at home was not really working um, because, you know, I, like, like I said, I think it's just human nature that you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, press pause and throw those dishes in the dishwasher or, mm-hmm. you know, check that one email. And so you, you don't have the same sort of flow and flow leads to intensity. And so therefore, I, I think the studio off, you know, working out together offers a lot. Yeah. As a business owner, how would you say like the pandemic has like affected the fitness industry. Like I feel like definitely at first, like things shifted to being online, but Mm -hmm. how have you seen it coming out of it? Like obviously people are realizing, oh, they actually prefer working out in person, but would you say the numbers as to how many people are coming into your studio is going back to pre-pandemic times? Is it more? Is the energy different? It's a great question. I think everyone in the industry is trying to figure it out. My studio here is not a good indication of, you know, where the average consumer is. It's a private studio and it's really just my innovation lab and where I create and record and replicate programming. And that's so I have just test groups that are in here. So this studio wouldn't necessarily be an indication of the overall market. But I will tell you that, you know, before the pandemic hit, margins were even hard. They were they had gotten really thin in the Mm -hmm. fitness industry. And there's a few reasons for that. 
you know, one is that consumer behavior changed from when I opened my first studio 30 years ago, people used to come to Pure Bar five days a week. Well, once once they understood the value of, of mm-hmm. kind of boutique fitness and leaving the big boxes, then they said we're seeing results and they would come five, six days. And then other boutique modalities started to enter the market, like, you know, cycling, soul cycle, yoga, core power, all of them, which was great for the consumer because they're like, oh, well, now we have all these options, but really hard on a studio owner because the frequency went way down, right? So yeah. you know, her customer that was coming five days a week was now only coming twice. And so it was kind of, it was tough. And, you know, to operate the a fitness studio got really expensive. The overhead went up, you know, for marketing, for build out, all of that. And so before COVID, you were kind of battling that already and then layer Mm -hmm. in people discovering at home. And like I just mentioned, programming getting better at home, which Mm -hmm. is great. But now I think what we're seeing is this kind of fragmented consumer that likes to be in the studio maybe two, call it three times max a week outside in nature doing a hike or a walk and working Mm -hmm. out at home, you know, a blend of all three, which I think is fantastic, but it's just now... How do the studios move forward and figure out how to be profitable with that model? Yeah. Would you say platforms like ClassPass benefit your studio or would you say it takes away? Because I feel like at least when I've used ClassPass, I feel like you're not dedicated to one studio. You're kind of hopping around even more so. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's been really tough on studio owners, ClassPass, that whole it's crushed a lot of people's margins, profits. And I, I, I would say that it's contributed to a good amount of studios closing. Because mm. I think like a lot of people are like, oh, if people are on this platform, they'll get exposure to my studio and see it. But I don't think it creates like a dedicated long-term customer. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's such a different perspective from the studio owner versus what the consumer sees, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you do the math on it, you can figure out real quick that class pass is not a good thing for studio owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, basically having to sell those discounted blocks position or, you know, like a space in the room. And if you think about what, what a studio owner is paying a teacher to yeah. teach and then figure out what they're paying, you can, it's not, the margin's just not, it's yeah. not there. So I'm sure you've been on social media and you've seen on specifically TikTok, the era of the Pilates princess, and I'm giving up all my other workouts for Pilates and how Pilates has changed my life. And I feel like everyone and their mother is talking about Pilates and it's no longer like my little secret. I feel like as a dancer, we've always like known about it, but now like the general public has like found Pilates and they're just obsessed with it. So I'd love to know your take. Why do you think it's so hot right now? so funny i've never been on tiktok so i didn't know about this whole princess pilates thing i I, this is happening to me in my life like yesterday i was trying to figure out how to assemble this electronics thing and i gave up and i said to my husband i can't like i just give up can you look at it (laughs) he looked at it and he was like this took me an hour and um he's like we're getting old we can't figure this stuff out we're gonna just have to start giving it to the kids but anyways that's how i feel (laughs) talk about social media TikTok is beyond me but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's interesting as you just mentioned I I've known about Pilates and you know what a jewel of a method it is for a very long time and I think a good amount of people have known about it one one reason it might be having a moment if you will is that a lot of the other workouts were able to be replicated at home during COVID like yoga Mm -hmm. bar 
Matt Pilates, Mm -hmm. but the reformer, which is where I see the most hype, right? Yeah. Um, Most people don't have a reformer at home and don't know what to do on it. Mm -hmm. It's hard if you're at home and a lot of reformer programming is done on your back laying down and you can't see like the screen. So I feel like that might be a reason why people are coming into the studios and you're seeing more people come in for that reformer workout. I also have kind of a theory that the energy of the universe is just kind of blah right now. And so it seems more approachable to lie down (laughs) on something and stand up. You know, you're like, okay, I can lay down and do leg circles, but I don't know if I can jump on that plyo box. Right. So like, uh, so I think that there's, there might be something there, although I would have no way of proving it. Um, <laughs> so maybe just people have enough energy to get to the reformer. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, the athletic programming now, you're seeing it come into more and more reformers. And so, whereas people used to say, oh, you know, you can't get a good workout in Pilates. I think that's shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, the mega reformer, I met Sebastian Legree in the nineties. I, so, you know, the mega reformer is nothing mm-hmm. new. I just think it's definitely, it's definitely having its it's day, it's moment. I think it'll be for a while. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's a great way to work out. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Like, what are your thoughts on like traditional Pilates reformer methods as opposed to like Legree on the mega former or solid core? I feel like obviously like I had the opportunity in not university in high school to study like traditional theory and everything. So I know the difference, but Mm -hmm. most people just assume that it's the same when it's not. So What's your opinion on that? I think that mega reformer doesn't really even like to be referred to as Pilates, right? Um, it's just that the equipment resembles a reformer. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, the training on it is, as you know, not traditional. That's not mm-hmm. the traditional Pilates repertoire. I was trained in the 90s by Michelle Larson, who is extremely, you know, tra- my, my Pilates training is traditional, if you will, the, you know, the, the X amount of exercises that's listed on that one pager. And so I think there's a place for it all. I, I, yeah, I'm not one to bash any sort of movement because mm-hmm. I, one of my missions is really just to get people excited or even not excited, but just get, get yourself moving every day. Like, you know, I do believe that sitting is the smoking of our generation. And mm-hmm. so if it's mega reformer that gets you going, go for it. If it's traditional Pilates, go for it. I think there's a place for all of it. You know, the only thing I would say is you know, the, in, in, and kind of the, reformer work that we're doing here in 044 as well, which is you know heavier, not as heavy as a mega reformer. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a spectrum, right? You have traditional Pilates, which which doesn't go as heavy. You have mega reformer that's really heavy resistance. And mm-hmm. then the programming I've been creating is in the middle there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, the only thing I would say is that if you're going to jump into kind of a really heavy type of reformer program, heavy resistance, I mean, that you, you understand the form of it. Mm-hmm. That's all I think. If you have if you have mind body awareness, and not every teacher is great, and there are some yeah. great teachers, so it just really you just have to be when you're pushing a heavier resistance load on the reformer, you have to be be careful. Yeah, I haven't done reformer in a really long time. I would love to. It's just so expensive. Definitely a luxury. Well, that's why I started in 2001 because the only Pilates work you could get on the reformer was offered in private. And it was $65 mm-hmm. in 2001, $65 for a private Pilates session in Michigan. And I just thought, and I didn't have the equipment and I thought, well, I can't, I have an attorney salary and I can't, which wasn't huge by the way, but it was, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't afford to go take a private lesson. And I also know that 
for results, you should be doing this at least three times a week. So I mm -hmm. certainly don't have 65 times three. So I'm going to buy four reformers. I'm going to charge $25 a class and I'm going to do group reformer. And that's how I started. Like nobody was doing group. I had not seen group reformer done yet. I only did it because I wanted people to be able to afford doing it three times a week. Mm -hmm. Would you say... And like, how would, were people like acting towards that? Were they skeptical that like they wouldn't get the attention that they needed? Cause like obviously reformer is very like specific in your form and how you're doing it. So were people skeptical to that or they just wanted to experience it? They weren't skeptical because I think most people that came into my very first studio were coming out of group fitness in the big box. Mm -hmm. You're talking like 25, 30 people on steps. So for them going from that to four people on a reformer, I mean, it was the opposite, right? All of yeah. a sudden they were getting way more attention. Even when, you know, I, I, when I mentioned we, that we didn't teach teachers how to teach when I was in those big box gyms, like we taught with our backs to the class. It's one of the first things I put yeah. into the training manual for Pure Bar was like, you have to face, you have to face the people in the room. Mm -hmm. I, has, I mean, I would grapevine right and had no idea if anyone was following me, right? I don't, when I was <laughs> I <had> my back <laughs> the group, I mean, I could see in the mirror, but like, so I think that no, going. Yeah, I didn't experience that. Maybe if someone had been doing private work only mm -hmm. and gone into a group before, they would have felt that way. But a good teacher can absolutely manage four people on a reformer. Being super busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut or even with your lunches. Any meal, honestly, can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step -step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city, and I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50RAE, 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra-Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. I, I love that. <laughs> 
I feel like the conversations, especially like among like my girlfriends or what I see online is like everyone's like, oh, I want to tone. Like I just want to tone my muscles. But I know you focus more on like building strength. So I'd love to hear more about like that mentality and why it's important as women to not be fearful of being strong. Because I feel like society tells us, oh, you need to be like so little, take up less space. Like you want to be dainty. Like, so I'd love to hear more on that. Yeah. I love that you just put that that way. Um, I hadn't thought that through in that way, but yes, I mean, listen, the industry's come a long way in a lot of good ways. So when I, if I can take you back to when I first started, it was very masculine. Everything was protein shakes and bodybuilding competitions and mm-hmm. bikini, you know, the bikini things. I don't even know if they still go on. Um, they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the world, right? Like when I wasn't teaching in the group fitness rooms, I was out there lifting weights in the weight room with all the guys that were, you know, eating egg whites and to compete and getting spray tans. Um, <laughs> and that's true. And drinking metrics like the shakes. And so that's what we had. And so it's come a long, long way, but I do think it's spent a long time and still does on this whole toning thing, which toning isn't bad, but I love to just shift. And although it might seem minor, but, but a shift towards from toning to strengthening, right? Because they really, they signify different things and not that, not that, you know, if you want flat abs, great, go, go for it, whatever motivates you. But I, you know, I, strength is more important than tone. And Mm -hmm. I do think the industry for a long time, we've been into no weights or like two pounds. Um, And there's always been this, what I've seen fear of, well, I don't want to lift anything heavier because I'm going to get bulky. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. It's, it's really not. So I think we need to stop that. And I've seen, you know, in this programming now, we use 15, 20 pound kettlebells. So we're not like benching 150, right? But we're throwing a 15, 20 pound kettlebell. And I think there's a happy medium. And the I, I see women getting stronger so much faster and no one's bulking. No one's bulking. Yeah. It takes a lot. Like if you want to bulk, sure. But like it's not going to happen from you picking up something slightly heavier. Like there's a lot that goes into like becoming quote unquote bulky. Like also like females don't build muscle the same way that men do. Like it's different. Yeah. And also we start to, I mean, we really start to lose it. Uh, we lose uh, our muscle mass. And so what I found with my age is that I definitely need to push that heavier resistance just to maintain, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've like recently started like I do strength training a few times a week with a personal trainer and then I do like my hot Pilates, which is like mat Pilates in an infrared room. And I also see like the beauty in cross training. Like I think cross training is also super important and like it's good to like challenge yourself and do these different things. Agree. So um, I'm a big wellness advocate and I'm very much known for my morning routine. I love morning routines. I love sharing my morning routine. I love hearing about other people's morning routines. So Carrie, I would love to hear about your morning routine because I'm sure it's very special and I would love to hear what you have to say. Well, it might not be as wellness oriented as you think. I'm, I'm <laughs> For my whole life, even before kids, I'm an early riser. So I have to force myself to stay in bed. I'll look at the clock and I'm like, no, you cannot get out yet. You cannot, you know, right now I'm working on my brain because my brain, you know, starts running as soon as my Mm -hmm. eyes open. And so I'm practicing, um, this, (laughs) I'm practicing this mantra. That's kind of like my, I call it mind your mind, meaning like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I don't, I'm not going to listen to you. Like you have to turn, turn off because I'm in charge and 
even though you're running, I'm not listening. And so I'm working on that when it happens, you know, in the morning. But besides that, when I get up, I go outside right away and I um, right out the back door and just take a few deep breaths and look up at the sky and and the stars. And I, I read it that in a book years ago written by a monk, and I can't remember who, but he said that's a common practice among monks is that they go out first thing in the morning and they breathe. So that's what I do. Sometimes uh, I'll go through phases where I do a, like a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did go through a phase where I try to do my own meditation out there and I find my mind start to go already. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's either breath work in the morning outside or a guided, a short guided meditation, and then a really strong cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I bet I let the dog out with my coffee. We have a puppy. So he's, um, he's a little, a little wild in the morning, but always like you talk about a way to get in a you know, good mood right off the bat is, uh, is to get a puppy. And then I, I get a full try, try to get a full hour of work done before anyone Mm -hmm. in my house gets up. So I have three kids and a husband and my, my, I get an hour (laughs) before the the chaos begins. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I just think like morning routines are so special and I'm very much an early riser too. And I grew up with my mother who seems to be very much in alignment with you. Like she literally will be up at 5 a.m. but forces herself to stay in bed a little bit longer. Yeah. So I feel you. But I think it's important that you find the time to get up before the rest of your family because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? It's really hard to give when you don't have anything to give. Why is wellness so important for you? Especially like I feel like our world is like constantly like speeding up. Like we're constantly wanting like faster shipping, faster response times. Businesses need to grow faster. So why is wellness so important for you in your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. I think it started, I mean, as, as we've talked about, fitness has been just a pillar in my life for my whole life. Because even before I started Pure Bar, you know, I was – Half the half the time in the dance studio, half the time in soccer. So before even it was labeled fitness, it was it was fitness for me. It was just daily movement, and then leading it became really my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So that fitness pillar piece has has been there a long time, and it, and and it wasn't until I was older that I started to really layer in the other pieces of well being. You know, growing up in the Midwest in the '80s, like nutrition and um, organic, perhaps it was there, but I didn't see it. Right? We didn't. I didn't. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up mm-hmm. with canned raviolis and <laughs> spaghettios, and I don't even know if they still make those. It was spaghettios with meatballs in there. But you know, my parents did the best they can, but that's that's what they knew. That's what that's what we knew, and that's what I did. So the nutrition piece didn't come until later. And then the lifestyle choices, I think after having kids, I really started to lean in and learn about, you know, how to make life, lifestyle choices about, uh, you know, and how they impacted my well, well-being. And then in the environmental, you know, planetary health has been the most recent piece to like what I, I think is important for overall well-being. But I did say, and it's it's built into this brand I'm launching, well, 044 Way is the brand and the workout is the method. But um you know, I said I never really wanted to bring another concept to market that entailed fitness that didn't talk about well-being. And one of those drivers for me was that in all those years of meeting women and teaching women and studio owners and teachers and clients, I saw so many physically fit women and I wouldn't categorize them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a disconnect. Everyone thought back then that if you were aesthetically physically fit then then you must be mentally well or you know mm-hmm. 
you must be well. And it's, it's just, it just wasn't true. So I think that's why that whole thing has, you know, is really become a part of O44. And yeah, I think it's getting more challenging to be well in our modern world. Mm-hmm. And as a parent thinking about how to raise my kids that are, you know, what tools can I teach them? Because it's going to, it's seemingly heading in a trajectory that's going to be more difficult for them. Mm-hmm. As a parent, how do you encourage your children to lean into taking care of like their wellness in terms of like their mental and physical health? Because I feel like it's hard from a parent because like your kids can be like pushed back a bit and like be like, oh, like mom's telling me to do this. Like that's not cool. I don't want to do that. Or they, they could be receptive. But what have been like the strategies you've done to kind of encourage that and break the stigma around mental health? Yeah. Well, I think leading by example is the most impactful for parents. So even if the kids are saying, yeah, that doesn't work for me, or I'm not going to do that, they're still seeing it. They're still Mm -hmm. absorbing you doing it. And, you know, they're learning it. And you never know when they're going to end up using a tool that you use. We talk about everything really openly in my house, even though my kids are young, you know, they're nine, nine and 10. But Uh, I'll even, I'll talk about like mom's experiencing feelings of anxiousness or anxiety right now. And this is, this is how I'm handling it. And I'm struggling. Like we talk, I talk about them not to like freak them out, you know, not too much for developmentally where they're at, but um, just to know that like, this is a part of life. You know, we can't expect to be happy all the time. And here's some tools that, that we can be thinking about using. Each of my girls have lists by their beds. Like one, one struggles with um, falling asleep. She gets anxious falling asleep. But what we're supposed to be saying, feelings of anxiousness. I try really hard to not like categorize everything. Like if you say, I'm anxious. Well, you're not anxious all the time. You're just experiencing those feelings right mm-hmm. now. Right? So she has, she struggles there. And then, and then my other daughter, you know, will have nightmares. And so we have a list of like, what do you do if you wake up in the middle of the night? You know, I do my breathing. I look at something in my room that reminds me of someone I love, just like, you know, all these tools. Mm -hmm. So we talk about them. I, I practice them. And so, so far that's what we're doing. And as far as like the nutrition piece, they, we never fed them separate. Like this is how mom and dad eat. This is how the kids eat. You order Mm -hmm. from the kids menu. I mean, it's, that's a whole paradigm shift that needs to, needs to happen. But, um, so they don't, they don't really know any other way. Like this is how we eat and they're not, you know, they don't, didn't, they aren't denied any sort of food per se, but they learn like, can I read the, you know, ingredient list and how much processing has been done to what I'm eating? Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to have this piece of candy, you know, should I have another one later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About balancing it, you know? Yeah. I feel like my household was so different. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of like nutrition and all these things have been self-taught and I'm like still very grateful that I had that. But growing up, like we had so many sweets in the house and I was definitely such a picky eater. Like God bless my parents for coping with me because until grade 12, I would not have chicken unless it was breaded and fried or baked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wouldn't just have like fish. Like again, it had to be breaded. Like it had to be a chicken finger or a fish finger. I would only have pasta if it was like butter or like a simple tomato sauce. There couldn't be any vegetables on my pizza. Like that was my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, well, I don't think you were alone. You know what happens is then like like my husband, I've heard my husband say this before because he does most of our cooking and he'll be like, Oh, I wish my mom was still alive. I would apologize to her because you know, you don't realize what, what you put your parents through until you're, 
you're cooking for your kids, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, we had like a full like restaurant going on because like my mom has Crohn's. So then like she like has like her dietary restrictions. Then I'm being Miss Picky over here. And then it's like my dad and my sister who like are a little less picky. Well, my dad's not picky, but my sister is less picky than me. So <laughs> yeah, just a restaurant going on at home. Yes. It's <laughs> yep, there's always something going on in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I feel like that those are all my questions. I feel like we had a really good conversation. I always like to end it off with you leaving one thing to leave the audience with. It can be a piece of advice. It can be a quote. It can be a resource. Anything that you want to leave the listeners with if they didn't listen to anything else and you're just leaving them with this. Hmm. No pressure. <laughs> right? <laughs> what would I leave listeners with? I think that my advice would be um, to simplify, to simplify and do what's meaningful in life. I feel like we have a lot of undoing to do as a society. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like we've made being well and fulfilled really complicated. And so I'd almost argue that is a going backwards, a stripping back, a peeling off Mm -hmm. in order to get to that place of peace. I think it's possible for all of us, not all the time, um, but I think to have a meaningful, joyful life, it it takes a lot of undoing instead of adding to. Yeah, I agree on that. I've been trying to do that. And I think I've been also seeing more of that on social media and like just like slowing down pulling back, simplify, and like even like just simplifying like clears your mind too and it puts you in such a better headspace and you're able to like go about life in such a better way. So I love that. And plug yourself out. Where can the listeners find you? Where can they find what you're up to? Great. Yes. O44way.com. So it's an O, not a zero. And then um, that's the website. And that's the Instagram handle at O44way. The O is for Michelle Obama. And the 44 is um, in numerology means a business that was launched to help others. I love that. I will have that all linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Carrie. It was an honor to have you on and to get to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Morning Ray. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. It was such a fun episode to record. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as that's how you can help support the show. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow if you aren't already. I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.